1: Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you. It's good to be with you on this Tuesday afternoon. We're on every day from 3 to 5. And I encourage you to put that right in your calendar. Make sure you don't miss an episode. And if you would like to get a copy of the hour we just had, which you might, and uh, it's still in the air here. I'll tell you that. Uh, We'll talk about it here in just a second. You can go to kkla.com, look for the podcast, look for this show, Southern California Live, and uh, you'll find the podcast there. And uh, you can, it's usually posted uh, not too long after the show. Um, so uh, in the last hour, as we, we ended, we had Mary call. And uh, Mary, if you're still listening, uh, you know, we had to take a hard break. So sometimes the breaks in the, in the radio show, you know, I can go on for a little bit and be late, but the, the one that's at the, the end of the hour, got to be done. Uh, that's how that works. Okay. And I, I think you understand that there's so many things. And uh, so Mary talked about in the last hour, we, if you're just joining us, we talked through an interview and uh, article that Senator Tim Scott wrote uh, about the idea of um, Secretary Janet Yellen was, was talking about abortion being an economic solution for poor families and in particular for African-Americans. And he talked about why uh, that's not right. And, uh, so we had that discussion and we talked about a lot of different issues that are connected with that, you know, humanitarian things. And Mary called and, and, uh, shared that she had had several abortions and she believes that God forgave her, but, uh, she wasn't able to, she wasn't sure she could forgive herself. So we talked about that for a minute. Mary, if you're still listening, um, uh, you know, if you have a family member or somebody who can help you, there are some resources that will also help you with that. And anybody listening who maybe you're, you're dealing with that. If you can go online, focus on the family, one of our great partners here at uh, KKLA and KPRZ. Um, if you go to their website and look for post-abortive recovery resources, there's a lot of resources there. And there are local uh, counseling centers. A lot of the pregnancy counseling centers will, will help you after the abortion. Uh, men too. People deal with the uh, this subject for a long time. Um, and so there's a lot of resources out there and it's still kind of in the air. You know, I had some other subjects and we might get to those, but, uh, I thought about, you know, this, have you been in a place where you have maybe had some tremendous sin in your life, or maybe you did something really harsh, or maybe it just didn't seem to be that harsh, but you had trouble forgiving yourself, but you finally got to a place where you forgive yourself. If you have a story that you can tell with that you can call me up right now 888-528-2557. I think there's a lot of us out there who feel like it's hard to forgive ourselves for different things and these subjects are are huge. And, you know, abortion's a big deal, the way we treat people is a, you know, a big deal in so many different ways and uh, you know, maybe you have uh committed adultery and it affected your family and that is a very hard thing sometimes to forgive yourself. It's hard for your spouse to forgive you when that happens, okay? That's super hard, but it's also hard to forgive yourself. What are some ways that we can do, we can help each other understand that the forgiveness of God is good for us? Uh, Somebody asked me during the break, you know, to point this out, Mary, if you're still listening, you know, most people believe uh, theologians, okay, believe that, uh, your children, the babies you aborted, that they, they went to heaven. There's a lot of theology about that. And, you know, the Bible doesn't really say one way or the other, but there is pretty good theology. It's called, uh, the uh, doctrine of the age of accountability. Okay. That God ultimately holds us accountable for what we're capable of knowing when it comes to coming to Christ. Okay. And it's, it's a lot more complicated and, all of this, but there's a lot of people who believe that uh, uh, unborn children who are, who die, or um, even young kids who who die, that they they go be with the Lord. It's called the uh, doctrine of uh, the age of accountability, and there's there's scripture about it. You know, in uh, in the book of Isaiah, uh, verse chapter seven, verse fifteen, it says he'll be eating curds and honey when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. Uh, for before the boy knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right, um, you know, so there's a conversation in the Bible and teaching that says that there's a place where we're accountable, where we we're kind of old enough to know uh, what's going on, old enough to to know Jesus, right? Old enough to really acknowledge our faith and not. So what happens when we're too young to know that? So the the age of accountability idea is that God is fair, that God is just. And he's going to hold people accountable according to his word and according to what they believe and how they're going to know that. So it, it gets a lot more complicated than what I'm just saying right here. But, you know, I'm wondering how many of us, if you want to share your story, maybe you, you don't know who you're going to help today. Uh, and I'm, I just need a you know, little space from, from Mary's call. We sure love you, Mary. And uh, we love, I know there's a lot of you who are in Mary's position. And uh, yeah, 888-528-2557. is the number if you want to join the conversation. It's good to be together with you. That's one of the great things I think about coming together each afternoon. There's so much stuff during the day. I don't know if you're like me, you get up and you turn on the news and, uh, what's happening and then you hear it and maybe you're listening to different talk radio throughout the day and it's not usually positive. Sometimes it's, it can be. And, uh, but, uh, there are so many different, uh, different things. And I hope that when we come together, we talk about the world and we talk about things going on, but that's the great thing about our show and in our station here is that we get to say, okay, now we've gone through all of that. Now, what does Jesus think? Now, what can we do for each other? How can we do that? 888-528-2557. Jackie from Compton. Welcome to Southern California Live. Jackie, how are you doing today? Hi. Hi, Jackie. Um-
2: Oh, am I in line? I mean, am I, oh, yeah, am I on there? You sure are. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I had my radio on. Um, this is a hard one for me, but mm. I felt that I needed to call in. Um, I was listening to Mary, and yeah. I also had an abortion. I had one abortion, mm. and um, this is hard. Yeah. But I just felt the spirit that I need to talk about it, it was years ago. And um, I did know about the Lord, but I did it anyway. I don't need to get. I don't want to get into all of that because it would sure. take a long, long time to say why. Yeah. But I want to say that it took me so long, so so long, to forgive myself. I knew God forgave me. It got so bad for me that I started drinking, mm. and I was drinking, and I went to a Catholic church because I was Catholic and. I confessed, and I got basically kicked. I did get kicked out of the church. Okay. And it made it worse. Yeah. And I was drinking one night, and I was just—I went to a church late at night. It was in Compton, and um, I don't even know the name of it, and I wasn't—I was was actually drunk. And I went in there, and I got on my knees. It was late at night. It was open, and I cried, and I cried. And I told the pastor, he came up to me and said, do you want prayer? And I said, yes. And he brought his wife to me, and she was a pastor too, and I found out that she had an abortion. And I was Mm -hmm. able to release all that from myself, Mm -hmm. and God forgave me, and I was able to forgive myself. And I was always, even when I was drinking, please, God, I need need to be forgiven. And now I'm finding myself, this this is years ago. And now I'm finding myself in a position where, wow, it, it, I was in church yesterday and, um, there's a, there's a Bible verse. It's, um, Matthew 5, 3, blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted. And I didn't know that that's actually what I was doing. The pastor said that we mourn our sin. That's what he means. You mourn your sin. You mourn what you did wrong and God will give you that grace to comfort you. And, I I think I called today. I basically know why I called today because I feel that it's time for me to come out to help others because I love kids. I love my Mm -hmm. kids that I have, and I always regretted what I did. And now I feel like God's putting it on me. You need to go out there. You need to say your story. And this is hard for me. I don't even know who's listening to me. My own kids might be listening, and they don't know about it. It's a secret. Wow. Very few people know. So, But I just felt that this was so important. And, um, yeah, I, I I just want to give comfort. Blessed, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted, because Jesus does forgive us. And I know there's a lot of women out there, and I actually want to help ones that want to do it, because I want to stop them from doing it, because it's so painful. It's so—that's it, just bad. That's what the yeah. devil wants. He just wants you to hate yourself. He doesn't want you to love yourself. But God loves us, and I just wanted to—I was just compelled to do this today.
1: Yeah, Jackie, thank you. Thank you for letting
2: me share it. Thank you so much, and I give it to God. I give it all to to my Lord, to my Savior. Thank you so much.
1: You're welcome, Jackie. We love you. And uh, wow, you know, it it is—just think about this. Jackie was in bad shape. And she goes into some church randomly. She doesn't even remember where it is. And the greatest thing that happened there is not just that the pastor came out and said, can I pray, but that the pastor's wife came out and said, I've had an abortion too. See, that is that is how God uses the body of Christ. That's how God uses us. Our stories are not about, you know, for, for those who believe in Jesus, there is no more condemnation. The scriptures tell us. There is no more condemnation. That means that if you've done something horrible, but you've confessed that to the Lord, you believe Jesus died, you're no longer condemned. It's something that you can use to help people. Imagine if that pastor's wife didn't share that story and still had that. She would be, you know, worried about that today. Why didn't I share that story? But she gave up that. Man, there's some some churches out there where I would say if the pastor's wife had that going on, she wouldn't be the pastor's wife that long because he wouldn't be the pastor. Which is such a shame. Yesterday we talked about that. There's, you know, some people really want their pastors to be, you know, perfect people, and they're not. And everybody's got sin that Jesus died for. And Jackie is right. A uh, good word there about uh, Jesus and the Sermon on the Mount. It's actually Matthew chapter five, verse four, and Jesus says, "Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted." If you want to add to the conversation, the number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You're listening to Southern California Live. Deborah from Compton, welcome to Southern California Live. Hello? Hi, Deborah.
3: Hi. Um, Thank you for taking my call. And I chimed in. uh, I just got off of work, and I find it very heartfelt and... If I had not had two abortions, I would have had seven children. Hmm. I was not in my addiction. I think I was trying to remain sober with just God not realizing I needed both for my recovery walk. And I was having children too fast. I was married. I went back for my six-week checkup, and I was pregnant again. And I'm like, "Oh no, I don't think I can handle what I have." Mm. So, I, and then I'm I'm dealing with this on top of domestic violence, on top of trying to remain free from crack, on top of being the doting wife, and you know these types of things. So, yeah. so many things going on in my mind, and not having the knowledge. From the Lord, even though I was brought up in church and all that. Once you get married, it kind of turns another way, and so you you strive to do what you can to do the next right thing, and then you get confused. Then you get wear and tear on your body. The first abortion I had, I was sixteen. I wasn't married. I was, mm. you know, um, just living the fast life in the fast lane at sixteen right. years old. I yeah. got rid of that child, and then I had five in between, and then I had this last one. And then God still said, okay, well, Miss Smart Elik, I still wound up having two more children. But saying all that to say, it did take a, a minute for me to forgive myself for the behavior that I did. And I often wonder, what would those two children have been like had I allowed the process to go through? You know, would I be in a better space? Or, you know, whatever the case may yeah. be mentally. And so it's unfortunate that the decisions we make at that moment, we think are the right thing. However, we regret it or, you know, it just comes to yeah. giving us uh, extra added reason to continue drinking or smoking or whatever it is we're doing or being angry with ourselves, low self-esteem, the whole nine. So I just thank you for taking the call. but want um, all ladies out there to just, just see if you can walk through the experience and know that God is with you every step of the way. You don't have to abort your children, and children are such a blessing. Mm. And so it's unfortunate that sometimes the decision that's made is just not the right one at that time.
1: Yeah, you said uh, at some point you were able to forgive yourself. What uh, brought you to that point?
3: Yes, Uh, recovery. So being in recovery for for substances and doing residential treatment for a year and a day gave Mm -hmm. me an opportunity to address the issues that God brought up me during group settings, individual sessions, and so forth, in a safe place. that gave me a place to lay my head and food to eat while I work on bettering myself. Yeah. And so as that, yeah, so I, I want to say the treatment programs we have would work fine if they would give the person time. Mm-hmm. They've got to have time to unpack. Some of the pain that they've been through in order to rejuvenate, to go out there and give it a try again. And That's sure, right. we can't reach them all. We, we're trying to reach people where they are and so forth. But at the end of the day, America is so busy helping America, they're crippling America. And part of that is just not giving them opportunity to recovery, to recover the right way. And wow. I think the right way is definitely involving time with that individual.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right about that. Deborah, thank you for sharing your story. It means so much. And I know that you're helping people. There are, there are people right now who heard your story, who are in exactly the same position and, uh, and some who are saying amen because they went to recovery and it helped them. And some who are, you just gave the idea that they need, you gave them permission to take time. I think that's another thing that is so powerful. The number is eight 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 five two eight two five five seven eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. We're talking about how you came to a place where you forgave yourself for uh, abortion's been the topic topic, but maybe it's something else that you went through and that you did that you struggled. You knew God forgave you. You knew academically, maybe you heard the church. You, you went to. You read it, but you needed time to re, to forgive yourself? Do you have a story that might help other people for how you came to forgiving yourself? 888-528-2557. Uh, Deborah was pointing out the need for recovery in time, and she's she's right. She made a great statement there about our country is such in a hurry to help ourselves that we're burying ourselves or something like that. And that is one of the biggest problems that we have seen, for example, with homelessness and and drug addiction and everything that's kind of connected to that is that we, the truth is, is we're not on the page of recovery, and that has been the problem. We're on the page of of harm reduction is what it's called, and harm reduction means you can still do your drugs or your drinking or whatever it is. Uh, we just want you to uh, to not have as much pain, but we're not talking about recovery, and recovery is the answer. You've got to recover, and you can, and the great thing about Christ and our faith is that your forgiveness comes from the your Maker. Your forgiveness is you get to go to heaven because Jesus died for you and He knows everything there is to know about you. 888 528 2557. Sherry from Upland, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Sherry. Go ahead and turn your Hi. radio down. Welcome.
3: Hi, did. Thank you. Yeah. All right, we'll
1: here- tell Go ahead, sure. Sherry.
3: I'm just calling because, you know, these people who are uh, on the TV and the news about fighting for the rights for their bodies and wanting not abortion to not be legal anymore or to be legal anymore, they're saying it's about their bodies. And these women who are calling in, you know, they're saying it's not about their bodies. It's about, you know, other things, you know, their living situation or Whatever. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I've noticed that, that that is part of the deception, I think. Thank you for your call, Sherry. I think that that is part of the deception that and that's kind of what began this subject today is uh, we started last hour just talking about the idea that, oh, no, people need abortions to help their economic condition. And I, I think you're right. I think that there's been a shift in the conversation. And I, part of it's because it used to be an argument about whether or not there's personhood, right? And there was the whole thing about, well, an acorn's not really a tree. Uh, of course, that, that doesn't work because an acorn, you're right, an acorn's not a tree and a, a sperm is not a person until it meets the egg and the acorn's not a tree until you put it in the ground and water it. And, you know, and, uh, you know there's, those things didn't follow. But we had those kinds of arguments for a long time and the advancement of science the advancement of the sonogram and ultrasound machines other things i think have effectively changed the conversation so now it really has a lot to do with uh those conveniences and i think that's where a lot of the pain is right that's a lot of why we, it's hard to to bring ourselves to a place of forgiveness uh to forgive ourselves um And that is the, the blessedness of Christ that he forgives us. And he knows all of our motivations, whatever they were, he knows, and he forgives us and welcomes us into his kingdom. The number is 888-528-2557. So we're taking calls on the topic of when did you come to be able to forgive yourself? If you could give advice to people who are saying, you know what? I, I understand that God forgives me, that Jesus died for me, but I struggled to forgive myself. Um, What are some thoughts that you have about that? We'll get to your calls as soon as we get back from the break. The number is 888-528-2557. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, and I want to encourage you to go to uh, the website of the station you're listening to. Most of you are on KKLA 99.5 in Los Angeles. Just go to kkla.com. If you're in San Diego, go to kprz.com. There are lots of different uh, resources on there for you, lots of different programming, and uh, great ways to connect with other listeners and uh, to be part of the family. And that's, today's a big family radio day for us, isn't it? Like we are, we are a family and thank you so much. It's so good to be with you today on our KKLA and KPRZ family. I'm Scott Furrow. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned. Welcome back everybody. Southern California live. Tuesday afternoon, hour two of our program today, and um, the Lord is just doing some stuff with us today, isn't he? And, you know, this, the kind of stories that we've been hearing on our program today and the conversation we're having, you know, this is the church in action. This is you know, when we look at all the trouble that we have in our world today, and sometimes we say, okay, well, the church, and I think maybe sometimes we think that means, no, you need to invite people to church, and they need to come, and they need to sit down, and stand up, and sit down, and sing the songs, and all that. That's fine. But the church being the church is when we understand the words of Jesus, and what they mean, and the calling of Jesus to let other people know that he loves them, that he's the Savior, that he's the one who gives eternal life, that he's the one who brings forgiveness. And we're talking about how to forgive ourselves and what are the ways that we can do that, 888-528-2557. If you've got a story to add, if you've been listening or if you just joined us, about maybe you had a struggle in your life. Most people have been talking about abortions that they've had and how they struggled to come to forgiveness and how how they were able to forgive themselves. And many people, we understand that God forgives us, but sometimes it's hard to forgive ourselves, isn't it? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Nina in San Diego. Nina, thanks for calling Southern California Live.
4: Hi. Um, you talked about abortion, but I was talking, I wanted to talk about miscarriages. It okay, yeah. It was a long time. Yeah. It was a long time that I called myself for having a miscarriage, and I endured uh, bad behavior from my husband mm. because I was feeling guilty. I know the scripture, I know what the, God says about forgiving, you know, the east from the west, you know, the depths yeah. of the sea. I know that in my mind, but it never went down to my heart. Mm-hmm. Until one time I was listening to a pastor on the radio, and he said, you know, that forgiving yourself sometimes is not, not it's God the one that, that does the forgiving. God is the one. And when I listen to that, even though I have read it, you know, but when I listened to that, I went on my knees and started, started getting the value that God gave me. You know, to put limits on on people abusing me mm. because I thought I deserved it for having a miscarriage. Even even I knew it wasn't my fault. Yeah, I knew, but it was the hurt was there.
1: Yes, I think so that a, lot of, a... a
4: lot of a lot of us, yeah, a lot of us go through a lot of. Uh, self-induced,
1: you know, guilt that is not there. It's not there. Yes. Nina, thank thank you you for for sharing that with us, Nina. You know, I think that there's, you're right, there's a lot of women who feel guilty about even miscarriages, as if it's their fault or something that they did. And, uh, you know, these are burdens that we carry that often we don't share. So Nina, thank you for sharing that. I think that's a big part of why we share these stories because there are people listening who feel exactly as you do and some who are in a similar situation where they're also enduring abuse or something and they they take that on themselves like penance or like they deserve it. And Nina said that she realized that she got to a place where she could forgive herself. She realized that she's not the one who does the forgiving that God does. Like she knew that. I think that's a big part of it, right? We know this stuff. We go to Sunday school, we we read the Bible, we understand God does the forgiving. There's, a, there's an academic sense that church people have about church. But where does it get into the marrow of your bones? Nina said it came into her heart. Biblically speaking, the heart, when we say that, it's It is the the center of your being is the idea. It becomes who you are. And that is so huge, I think, for accepting the forgiveness of God really for yourself. It's not just that you've read it and go, oh, okay, I've forgiven and I'm forgiven. And you check that off and you go on on your happy way. It doesn't work like that. It's got to get into who you are. That's such a huge thing in the church too. People who are in church all their life and uh, they know things academically, but when push comes to shove, it's not in their not in their life. Do you know Jesus that well? Do you know, do you know, Jesus? Not do you know about him, but do you know him? Here, let me give you another one. Think about this, and I'll get to your calls here in just a second. The number is eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. If you want to join the conversation, we're talking about forgiving ourselves, the ability to do that, and hearing our stories about that. 888-528-2557 you know, we often use the language that we need to believe in Jesus. And it's true. We need to believe in Jesus. We need to believe that he died for our sins, that he rose again from the, from the grave. And we can believe all the doctrine and everything about that. We can understand that. But the other thing you have to do, you have to believe in Jesus, but you also have to believe Jesus. See, that's the part that's in your heart. It's not just the academics of Jesus died for my sins and he's the Savior. It's, I believe what he said, that you actually believe that you're forgiven. You can believe you're forgiven because you can write an academic paper on it. The pastor can preach it. But do you believe Jesus, that he's telling you the truth, that whoever believes in me will have eternal life? See, when you believe Jesus, not just believe in Jesus, but when you believe Jesus, that's, that helps get into your heart that way. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven is the number one from Palmdale. Juan, how you doing? I am from Palmdale. How's it? How is the Great High Desert today? <laughs> high Desert is hot. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it is. Is it windy?
5: Oh, it's always windy, man. If we get a break, you know, it'd be awesome.
1: <laughs> yep, I know. I played uh, baseball in high school, and uh, you could get a pop up to first base, and I was a first baseman, and then I would catch it somewhere <laughs> over by third base.
5: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. All right, Juan. What's on your mind?
5: Um, you know, at, uh, I have a story of forgiving myself. So at, uh, yeah, 16 years, 16 years old, you know, I fell into looking at pornography. Mm. And, uh, you know, that spiraled into having sex at a very young age, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old. And that led to my, my girlfriend getting pregnant. And unfortunately, uh, she went to go tell her, her parents and her mother uh dragged her into an abortion clinic. Mm. And I, I'm sad to say but unfortunately that pattern, you know, continued in my life, you know, because I had fallen into pornography and looking at pornography consistently. Yeah. And so I jumped from relationship to relationship and that became a pattern of quote unquote fixing things. You know, when yeah you know when my girlfriend or Fling, you know, would you know, get pregnant. And, uh, um, long story short, it wasn't until I went to, you know, a church and I heard the actual gospel, the real gospel of Jesus Christ, you know, that God had sent his one and only son, you know, to die for me. And that if I believed in him, that I would have eternal life. And I got into a group, a recovery group myself, uh, called Celebrate Recovery. And I went through this, the process of realizing that I had to, forgive or accept God's forgiveness first, but also forgive myself, and that God's forgiveness was sufficient for me. And and as I dove deeper into the process of my own recovery and healing, I found out that the abandonment that I, that my father had left at home because my parents had split up at a younger age was the the love that I was missing, and I was trying to find that in every single relationship that I was going through. And, and, and trying to replace God's love in this empty void that I had in my heart. And I, I learned a very important scripture in Romans 12, too, to, you know, Paul tells the Rome, the Roman church to, to not conform any longer to the patterns of the world, mm. but to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. And then so I got into God's word. And, you know, as, as right now the pastor was saying is not knowing Jesus that not just knowing of Him, but knowing Jesus and really uh, diving into the Word and renewing my mind with His Word is when I was able to forgive myself, accept God's forgiveness through the blood and broken body of His Son Jesus that was on the cross Himself, saying, hey, I forgive you. And, and, and with that transformation, you know, God had a calling in my life And, you know, I went into ministry full-time, and and I've been a pastor by His grace now the past, you know, six and a half years, you know, serving Him and, you know, bringing other men to the realization that we are not just the material things that we gain in this world or our identities are not just rooted in, you know, uh, uh, accolades or success, but it is being the spiritual fathers, the spiritual leaders of our homes, So our children don't fall into the hands of the enemy that perpetuates, you know, the sin, that our sinful nature. Uh, And so I just wanted to share that and uh, just give hope to any guy that's out there listening that has chosen the unfortunate path of sin, that there is redemption, that there is salvation, that there is forgiveness, As, as Pastor, you know, alluded earlier, As Romans 8-1 says, therefore now there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And so I just wanted to share that and, uh, you know, give hope to somebody out there, specifically men that have not, you know, confessed this or have really, you know, uh, surrendered this to God and, you know, admitted this sin and accepted His forgiveness through the blood of Jesus Christ.
1: Juan, thank you, thank you, thank you for that. There are so many men out there who are dealing with what you're dealing with and having the same effect. And, you know, it is, you know, a lot of these things that we're talking about are so private, like they're, they're public actions, right? There are obviously people who know, um, that you're, you know, doing some behaviors and this and that, but the feelings that we have the inside, and sometimes it's very private. There's just not too many people, but, but God knows. See in the book of, uh, James chapter five, James chapter five, um, uh, verse 16. It tells us something very, very, I think, relevant to all this. It says that we should confess our sins. Verse 16, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. See, the reason to confess our sins to one another is not some kind of religious thing. It's to, to say, hey, you know, I've struggled with that too. I've that got that going on. Well, Juan is talking about with men and pornography. It's it's just prolific. It's almost everybody, and it is something that's just available. I mean, you come across it accidentally uh, today. You know, when I was when I was a young kid and interested in that kind of thing, you know, it was you you couldn't just go you know do that by yourself. You had to go out and find it, and that was a pretty good incentive not to do it because you'd get caught. There'd be somebody with you. But now with the internet, it's just there, and it's destroying you. And it's causing behaviors that, uh, are destroying other people. You know, there's this weird thing, you know, that we do where we say, Oh no, it's just all about me. There's nothing wrong with it. If it doesn't hurt anybody else, I promise you, everything you're doing affects other people. You know, I'm taking drugs. It's not hurting anybody else. Really. You don't think that drug use is uh, bringing up everybody's health insurance costs. You bet it is. Uh, there are so many ways that, uh, we're connected this way. Uh, Confess your sins one to another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. See, this is this is what we do. And isn't this, this is why it's mattering so much. Thank you for sharing your stories, everyone. If you would like to share your story, when we come back from the break, about how you learn to forgive yourself, uh, you're helping other people when you share your story. I know there are people listening who right now are impacted by one story. Many, many people. And if you're wondering what to do, Uh, give us a call. We'll help you with that too. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. We'll be back in just a moment. Don't go away. We're back. Southern California Live. Good to be with you on this fine Tuesday afternoon. And we've been talking about forgiving ourselves, the ability to forgive ourselves. And many of you have shared your stories about how you have come to a place where you were able to forgive yourself. And if you want to still share, we have a few more minutes left. The number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. That's the number for Southern California Live. I encourage you to put that in your phone. And listen regularly, regularly. We're on the air every day from 3 to 5 right here on 99.5 KKLA. And in uh, San Diego, it's KPRZ. That's 106.1 if you're in North County FM and 1210 AM if you're in the rest of San Diego. 3 to 5 every day. And you know what we find out so often is that we are such a good family together and we can help each other with different things. And it's been very helpful today for many of us to hear our stories about how we We're able to forgive ourselves. We've had a lot of calls about from people who've had abortions and uh, from some other subjects. Juan, right before the break, was talking about uh, his addiction to pornography and how that led to uh, sexual addiction and some of the women he was with having abortions and other things, Uh, and now he's he has forgiven himself. He got to that point. He went to celebrate recovery. Recovery is a key word that we've heard a couple of times today that, you know, you need time to recover, but recovery is possible. And there is a philosophy today, almost an ideology that is against recovery. That's the problem in in all the money and programs that we're doing with homelessness in most places, except for, you know, the rescue mission and uh, places like that that are still about recovery, celebrate recovery, some other groups. But there is so much out there that's just about harm reduction, like just how do we contain, and it could be anything, it could be your drug use. You know, how do we, um, you know, begin with the idea of handing out needles to uh uh, intravenous drug users back in the eighties and nineties during the AIDS crisis. And the idea was, uh, how do we, uh, while you're taking your heroin, make sure you also don't get AIDS from dirty needles. Uh, because if you're going to die of heroin, that's your choice, I guess, but we don't want you to die of AIDS and dying of AIDS is horrible. Uh, if you've ever known somebody or walked with somebody through that, it's pretty awful, but we're still talking about death. There was, there was no recovery. And that's kind of the problem is that, we we want to bring people comfort in their sin and we want to create a comfortable environment often for ourselves in our sin so much that we will rebel against god just to say it's not sin and we come up with ideologies to say it's not sin that's what's driving a lot of uh, the abortion conversation it's what drives even pornography so that came up with uh, with one beforehand and maybe you've heard it that pornography is somehow uh, liberating to women or somehow you're not hurting anybody else. You know what the, the science says about it? Uh, it says that it is re- rewriting your brain, that a lot of addictions do that. Uh, this is from the National Institutes of Health, okay? This is not a religious organization, and it, it's. I'm not going to read much of this because I don't even understand a lot of it, but this is what it says to, I mean, I understand the concept of it, but I'd have to look up most of the words, but it's talking about pornography, and it says, in addition to chemical changes in the brain, uh, anatomical and pathological changes, which result in various manifestations, manifestations of cerebral dysfunction, collectively labeled hypofrontal syndromes. Okay. So we're getting into the science of it. But what that means essentially is that it literally changes your brain, like physically changes your brain. It's not just psychologically speaking in the way you think and the way you look at other people. It actually changes your brain, your, your brain structure. Uh, if you go to a website, Neuroscience News, it will talk about the same thing, that it, it literally, pornography literally rewires the brain to a more juvenile state. That, you know, guys, I know that women are, are dealing with this, true, but men and women, if you're dealing with this, you're literally changing your brain and it's keeping you from being a grown-up. It's keeping you from being mature kind of wonder what happened to the guys in our country well that's what happened that's a big part of it and you know men we we often don't grow up and this is one of the reasons is that it's literally changing our brain and i bring that up because uh, juan brought that up in the last call but he also brought up romans twelve two, which i think is such a great passage for all the things that we've ended up talking about today We still have a few minutes if you want to call 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557, Southern California Live. Romans 12, uh, verse 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world. You've probably heard this before if you've been in church. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. This passage has had a... Uh, a bigger maybe impact on me is we've talked about how important it is to let the teaching of Jesus get into your souls. You should never also decide that you don't need to learn. You do need to learn. And it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. The pattern of this world is the ideologies that are out there that aren't true. The pattern of this world, there's a lot of things that that means, but the pattern of this world is the ideology that, as we began in the last hour, uh, you need to have abortions if you're poor so that you can have a better economic future. That's the pattern of the world, and especially if you are uh, black or if you are um, in danger of not finishing school or whatever it is or if you're, you think your child may, might have Down syndrome, whatever the percentage is um, that you're told or that you think that maybe you know there's no hope. That's the pattern of this world, just this idea that we're dehumanizing people pattern of this world when it comes to pornography is that this is something that should be glorified that doesn't hurt people. Um, It's horrific. It's horrific for the performers who make a lot of money in some cases. Most of the time they just get abused, by the way. And the suicide rate is very high. The drug addiction is super high. The even organized crime in some ways is super high in that industry. And every time you click on it, somebody's getting paid. Even if it's free to you, somebody's, somebody's making money in all of that. And for some people, they make a lot of money and then suddenly they're uh, unable to do it for one reason or another and they deal with it. It's rough. Uh, We shouldn't be contributing to that. And the notion that it's somehow helpful to people is not right. And this idea that these kinds of things, different addictions and including pornography, including other things, just the stuff we put into our mind, it literally changes our mind. Like physically, the neurons and however the the structure the literal structure of your brain begins to change with whatever you put into your mind and it can it can change in a positive way or can change in a negative way these studies show that it it changes in a negative way and then when i think about that and i go back to this passage be transformed by the renewing of your mind see that's where the recovery is that the reason that it takes some time to recover is in part because you need psychological counseling, in part because you need to accept the forgiveness of Christ, you need to accept the and you have the ability to forgive yourself. That takes some time, okay? That's psychological. But you know the other thing that's going on, and I don't know if this is what Paul meant, but I do think it's the Holy Spirit understood this when he inspired Paul to write this, is that your brain actually needs to recover. See, part of recovery isn't just getting your... You know, you're ducks in a row and stop taking the drugs and whatever. It's physical changes that are going to happen as you recover, as you get sober, as you come to a place of understanding and forgiveness, you come to a place of understanding the grace of God. What happens is literally your brain gets better. And it's the renewing of your mind. It's changing the way you think, but it's also changing physically how your brain thinks. Isn't that incredible? Uh, That's an incredible, incredible thing. And then Paul writes, then, see, after you're transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, then you're able to think maturely. You're able to think straight. You're able to think about these things, and you hear the ideology. You hear the narrative. You hear all this pressure that you've got to think this way about these subjects and and maybe you're telling yourself oh god'll never forgive me for this or how can i forgive myself no god has forgiven you for that when you confess your sins and you need to believe jesus that it's real and that he loves you and that he is your friend it's an amazing thing to think about jesus as your friend you know your friend your true friends they stay with you you know and they they might have to do some tough love if you're an addict or you got some problems Okay, but your true friends, they're gonna be your friends. Jesus is the truest of all friends. And I want everybody to know that today. Jesus is your friend. Believe in Jesus. You need to do that, but also believe Jesus. Uh, Everything Jesus says is true. And you know, if you're struggling in your sin, you're struggling to uh, forgive yourself, then believe Jesus when he says in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed is a word that just means happy, okay? Happy are those who mourn. That seems like it's, uh, you know, a paradox. How can you be happy if you're mourning? Happy are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. You know, the way part of the path of forgiving yourself is you got to mourn your sin, and you got to mourn it. You know, it's caused damage. It's changed your brain. It has maybe affected the life of another person or maybe taken the life of another person. You mourn that. We mourn that, but the promise is when we mourn those things, we will be comforted and we will be made happy. God, through his spirit, wants to comfort you right now. In the mourning of your sin, the guilt that maybe that you're carrying around, mourn it. Give it up to God. Go ahead and mourn but then trust him that he's gonna comfort you because his salvation is real, his forgiveness is real, his grace is real, unmerited favor. You don't have to earn it, it's given to you already. It's one thing to believe that, it's a whole nother thing to let that get into your soul and how beautiful and wonderful that is, and you will be happy. That's what it means. Friends, we are out of time for today. Thank you for listening, thank you for calling. You know, I had all kinds of other things we're gonna talk about today. We'll talk about that later This was so much better. Thanks for being part of the family here at KKLA and KPRZ. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn,
0: head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.